What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins, each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Tuesday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we've got a busy one for you. We're going to jump into the numbers, the All-22 review, as well as get to the Dolphins coaching staff on their media availability, as well as hear from some of the players following Sunday's victory over the Patriots and take a look ahead to the Raiders on Saturday night in Las Vegas. All of that and more on this Tuesday, December the 22nd edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins Drive Time is brought to you by AutoNation. Hey, Dolphins fans, the new year starts now at AutoNation. Let's skip the rest of 2020 and get to big New Year's savings on your favorite AutoNation Chevys, Fords, Toyotas, Hondas, and a whole lot more. Shop safely at the AutoNation store near you or AutoNation.com and save now. And real quick, before we get into the first item on the agenda today, talking about Dolphins numbers from the win on Sunday... The Pro Bowl teams were announced on Monday night, and cornerback Xavier Howard is heading to his second Pro Bowl in his career in the National Football League. His nine interceptions lead the NFL. We know that. He's got 17 passes defense. That's tied for second best in the NFL. He's responsible for 10 takeaways with his fumble forced in the game on Sunday over the Patriots. He's one more interception away from tying the franchise record with Dick Westmoreland, who had 10 back in 1967. And that earns Howard a starting spot on the 2021 Pro Bowl squad. The game will not be played this season, but he does earn the starter designation for his performance in 2020. Let's go ahead and jump right into the Dolphins' numbers from this win on Sunday. Some individual and team rankings. We start with the Dolphins' team rankings following the Week 15 slate of action. The Dolphins' offense ranks 16th in points at 25.1 points per game. They are 26th in total offense, 22nd on the ground, and 24th through the air, with 221.4 yards in passing and 106.3 yards rushing per game. Defensively, pretty dang good. Points, 18.4 per game. That's first in the National Football League. 358.1 yards per game is 18th. In total defense, the 120 rushing yards allowed per game is 19th. The 238.1 passing yards per game is 18th. 37 sacks, that's tied for 10th in the NFL. Third down defense, 32.5% conversion. That's best in the National Football League. And since Pittsburgh did not get a takeaway on Monday night, Miami moves out of that tie. Their 26 takeaways are first in the National Football League. So the first scoring defense, first ranked third down defense, and the number one overall takeaways in the National Football League. What a year for your Dolphins defense. So the defense continues to rank highly across multiple important categories as far as defensive rankings in the NFL. Dolphins offense gets pushed up a little bit, especially with the effort on the ground game. And the 250 yards by the Dolphins ground game was the most since the 261 yards back in week 16 at Buffalo in 2016. Running back Savon Ahmed was the first Dolphins running back to eclipse 100 yards since the 2018 season. His 122 yards were the most by an undrafted rookie in franchise history. And the 250 rushing yards in the game were 22nd most for the Dolphins in their entire franchise history. The win gives the Dolphins nine this season. That makes the 31st winning season for the franchise in its history. They've won eight of their past 10, nine of their past 12, 
and it's 25 and 15 over the last 40 games at Hard Rock Stadium since the canopy was added back in the 2016 renovations. The Dolphins' defense kept New England out of the end zone in the win. It was the third time this season an opposing offense failed to find pay dirt against the Dolphins' defense. Only New Orleans and Miami have had three games without a touchdown allowed this season. We take a look at the Dolphins' uh, offensive snap counts for this game. Quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, as well as offensive lineman Ted Karras, Jesse Davis, Austin Jackson, and Robert Hunt played all 73 snaps in the game. At running back, Savon Ahmed had 44 snaps. That was 60%. Matt Breida had 19 snaps, and Patrick Laird played 8. Matt Collins played 70% of the snap, or 70 snaps rather, at receiver, 96% of the total, with Lynn Bowden playing 66 snaps, Isaiah Ford 54, Malcolm Perry 10. At tight end, Adam Shaheen had 43 and Durham Smythe 42, both guys giving you combined 85 reps there, with Chris Myrick playing three, and to round out the offensive line here, Solomon Kinley, he played 50 snaps in the game, Michael Dieter 23, Julian Davenport three snaps, and Christian Wilkins gives you three snaps on offense. And I talked about one of the key storylines I was keeping an eye on as the Dolphins' ability to handle the blitz looks or the coverage looks the Patriots would throw at the young quarterback. And Tua Tungavailoa in this game was 6-for-6 six six on plays where the Patriots sent an extra rusher. That's a fifth or maybe even a six-man pressure package for 56 yards with six first downs. He was sacked once, and he also picked up the scramble touchdown on the eighth edition or the eighth rendition of that Patriots blitz. So very good numbers against the blitz. Running back Savon Ahmed had the longest run of the year for the Dolphins at 31 yards. His 122 yards were the most by a Dolphins back this year. He also forced four missed tackles. That was also a season high. He also had 2.57 yards after initial contact. Matt Breida led the Dolphins in that category with 3.42 yards after initial contact. And the team's six carries of 10 or more yards was a season high this year. Tight end Durham Smythe caught all five of his targets for 40 receiving yards. He produced four first downs and picked up 26 yards after the catch. Adam Shaheen also added 15 receiving yards to the total. And these guys got the job done blocking off the edge. The Dolphins ran for 75 yards on eight runs off either outside edge, according to Pro Football Focus. And Tua was under pressure on just eight of his 31 dropbacks. Only three of those pressures resulted in hits on the rookie quarterback as Jesse Davis, Michael Dieter, and Ted Karras all pitched pass protection clean sheets. That's no sacks, no hits, and no hurries allowed. On the defensive side, snap counts wise, Raekwon Davis leads interior defensive linemen with 39 snaps. Christian Wilkins plays 29, and so too does Zach Sealer. Benito Jones gets out there for three reps in the game. Emmanuel Ogbaugh played 33 snaps. Shaq Lawson, 30. At linebacker, Kyle Van Noy, Jerome Baker, and Elandon Roberts all played significant workloads. Van Noy and Baker never left the field, playing all 55 snaps each. Elandon Roberts had 46 in the game, and Andrew Van Ginkle had his workload as well at 24 snaps. In the secondary, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones both didn't leave the field. 55 snaps for them, as well as safety Eric Rowe. Nick Needham played 32 snaps. Jamal Perry played two. Brandon Jones played 32. And Bobby McCain played 31 in the victory. Emmanuel Ogbaugh and Shaq Lawson and Raekwon Davis all tied for the team lead with three quarterback pressures apiece. One of Ogbaugh's pressures was his sack, his ninth of the season. That's ninth most in the NFL. His 21 QB hits are 10th most and his 59 total quarterback pressures are tied for fourth most in the National Football League. He also had two run stops in the game. Linebackers Jerome Baker and Landon Roberts both had four run stops apiece. Roberts had a team high nine tackles while Baker picked up eight. Baker also added to his career-high sack total with his sixth sack of the season. 
The defense as a whole scored 20 tackles within two yards of the line. We talked about Baker and Roberts. Kyle Van Noy, Brandon Jones, and Zach Sealer all added two apiece as far as run stops for the Dolphins' defense. And Sealer picked up his uh, another sack on the season, three and a half for him this year. Safety Eric Rowe allowed just 11 yards receiving on two targets to go along with two run stops himself. And Brandon Jones allowed just 12 yards in coverage with six total tackles and a forced fumble in the game. We finish up with the Pro Bowler cornerback Xavier Howard. He produced another takeaway courtesy of his first forced fumble, say that three times fast, of the season. He also held the Patriots passing game to just 35 yards on the day, while Byron Jones on the other side of the field allowed just 23 passing yards from the Patriots in the game. So good work all around there from the Dolphins defense. If you want to read the rest of this piece up on MiamiDolphins.com, it is called Inside the Numbers, Dolphins 22, Patriots 12. We do it every single Monday up on the website, as well as cover it here on the Tuesday podcast. As we do on Tuesday also, we break down the All-22 review. Let's go ahead and jump in now with the defensive side of the football first. And I kind of want to change up the format of this a little bit and start by talking about a couple of plays and the, the overall takeaway and the overall contributions from those individual plays and then get to some individual notes afterwards, kind of make this a little more concise for you guys. So on the opening drive of the game, this one goes for the Kyle Van Noy appreciation files. There's an option play on the second snap of the game where he absorbs the block from an offset fullback who comes to the second level to make a block on him. He keeps the outside arm free and it turns Sony Michelle back inside. And on this same play, Christian Wilkins, the athletic ability is absolutely oozing on this play. I mean, damn. He just, he gets the outside shade from the right guard and works all the way outside, forces Cam to pitch the football and then closes on the running back who cuts back inside because of KVN's presence off that edge. Speaking of KVN appreciation, on the very next play, he sees a screen flow back inside and pursues it for a tackle for loss. Then later on in this game, you see the smarts and we talk about the pass breakup play and some people might have said that was a possible interception from Xavier Howard on the backside but it's really just a great play he sees play pass and immediately gains depth and puts himself in position to make a play on the football 15 yards down the field that's superb work from an outside linebacker because he can't possibly know that X has that route undercut for a possible interception and looking at it he had some green grass in front of him Xavier Howard doing Xavier Howard things but I guess sometimes you're just too good on defense as the Dolphins were in this case. We talked about the screen game and the second drive of the game, third and nine. As soon as the left tackle works around Jerome Baker off the edge, Baker drops right back into the passing lane and is camped right in front of the receiver trying to get to the tunnel inside for that screen. And Brian Flores talked about this leading up to the to the game. The Patriots lead the NFL in screen yardage. It was a point of emphasis, emphasis they executed absolute chef's kiss on that one and who else but Emmanuel Ogba there on the pressure more on him in just one minute and how about the play before the play we talk about this on the podcast all the time the play that sets up a bigger play second and two plus 26 middle of the second quarter for the Patriots Dolphins get a tackle for loss from Eric Rowe and Emmanuel Ogba Rowe flies in off the edge and beats the kickout block and just throws his body in there onto the back and Ogba meets him there after winning with a quick rip move inside he made a few plays inside in this game so many of these plays feature multiple guys winning to create big plays big outcomes for the team because of individual efforts and individual victories kind of stacking up on one single play it just makes it makes that energy feel more palpable because so many guys are like all right I'm up next I'm the one to make the play next it's it's been a whole team effort all year long and it makes it so much fun to watch in my and from my perspective from where I sit 
I think that's way more fun than having one or two guys constantly make the big plays for you. But that's been the case for the Dolphins' defense. Uh, one more note here on a general play, just Byron Jones and the physical play between he and Xavier Howard. On the very next play after the, the Ogba second and two Ogba and row tackle for loss, you get an uncatchable ball on a throw that's heading towards Byron Jones because he's right in Nikhil Harry's hip pocket as he was throughout the course of this game. So the play before the play gets the Dolphins' defense off the field, forces a field goal. And speaking of Howard and Jones, the very first play of the game, the Patriots condense everything in tight to the formation and X and Byron get jams inside the numbers on receivers on those inside releases. And it took both of them almost three seconds to clear that five yard legal contact window. It's so impressive. The physical press man coverage, it's hard to gain yards in the passing game when that's happening as it was consistently. And that was just the case in this game, which means there's not a lot to cover because it was so consistently jam, alter the release right on top of the receiver at the top of the route. The one chunk game they got, Xavier forces a fumble on it anyway. So not the one chunk game, but at that point of the game. So really the only passing success came from crossers and checkdowns where either guys were out leveraged on those condensed formations or when Newton broke contain and found outlets to his backs and tight ends and that sort of thing. And if that's all you're giving up, well, that's how you hold someone to 12 points. A few of the individual notes here, Raekwon Davis, I just continue to be impressed by how big and how strong he is with the hands and his ability to slip off both in pass protection and run blocking, his ability to slip off the blocks with double swipes or arm over or just sheer power where he kind of chucks the guy out of the club. It's consistent with him at this point. He's getting plenty of reps because of that. Christian Wilkins holds double teams and disengages at the point consistently every week as well. And we saw that same lateral agility on that option play on a later play where he comes across the block and gets off of it and throws himself in front of the back and creates a possible big gain because there's a huge gap at that point where he comes off the block and makes a stop. I thought he played with his hair on fire at the start of this game and it carried some momentum into the rest of the game for the Dolphins defense. Zach Sealer, same thing as Christian Wilkins with holding double teams, but he's also got this build and athletic ability to rush from there and kind of slip off some of these double team blocks at times as a pass rusher and in the running game. And these guys, they just kind of all mirror each other in terms of ridiculous size, athletic ability, position flexibility all three of those defensive tackles although they play end as well can play multiple spots we talk about the current contract status of these guys sealer just signed an extension through 2023 christian wilkins and raekwon davis early in their rookie deals i like that and Zach Sealer's sack, that was something, man. He just threw a double punch into the chest plate of the tackle, worked himself upfield into a position to get past the upfield shoulder of that tackle and just tosses him aside to close for a sack. Man, he's impressive. Speaking of sacks, Emmanuel Ogba, he splits a very tight split between the right tackle and right guard and just overpowers the right guard en route to the quarterback. A big sack to get a turnover to end the game really there, essentially at the end. And then he also has a, sh- a couple of plays where, again, he's just super strong at the point of attack, stack and shed and you so frequently see him keep his frame clean from blockers because of those long arms and those heavy hands just these guys up front and Lawson in that group as well continue to play so consistent it's so reliable up there when you know you're going to get that performance week in and week out from so many guys and he lands in Roberts at the second level of defense I just want to mention the hustle he plays with there are a few things you can appreciate more as a fan and as someone that observes the game as someone that hustles as hard as he does there's a tackle on a 16-yard run early when Eric Rowe forces Michelle, Sonny Michelle, to make a move, and it gives Erob just a half a beat he needs to chase the play down from behind. Then later, we saw the fumble recovery. It's the same thing, only the target this time was the football, not a player, and he picked it up for the fumble recovery. And I also want to say it was 
around week three or so, where he just came to life, and he's been on that tear pretty much ever since. The instincts to shoot gaps and make the big plays, but also paying, playing patiently and scraping off blocks behind his guys up front and really fitting his gaps. Just another piece added this offseason that's playing some damn good football. Andrew Van Ginkle off the edge at linebacker on the illegal contact play on Jerome Baker, a five-yard penalty. He has a wicked pass rush move where he loops inside and gets a free run on Cam and puts a good lick on the Patriots quarterback. Speaking of Baker, I thought he had another fantastic game. He closes down a backside crosser where he gets depth and reads the play underneath it, recognizes the flow, and just closes and meets the receiver right after the football's caught. So no upfield momentum. He knocks him backwards for just a three-yard gain. Byron Jones is in man coverage on the other side. He gets picked off a little rub route the Patriots run. So great job by Baker to get that depth, see it, and limit it to a short game. And I thought it was one of his best games in terms of setting the edge, but not just coming and setting the edge, but coming off the blocks and making stops as well. He really had a hell of a game taking a beating on blocks. And just in general, I thought he was really good in this game. Brandon Jones feels like I mentioned this every week with the Dolphins rookie safety. I just love how fast he goes from seeing it to reacting to it. Something Gerald Alexander talked about a few weeks ago at his media availability and the play he makes on the forced fumble was just awesome. Cam Newton tries to throw a jab step inside, but Jones just stays on his line, on his path, and keeps that pursuit angle. So he wins there, but then he goes above and beyond and punches it out. Just an awesome, awesome play. And finally, want to throw some appreciation Eric Rose way. What he did in this game with Bobby McCain playing about half as much as he usually does, and Brandon Jones kind of making up for the rest of those snaps from Bobby. And he was, Brandon was playing up in the box a lot more. So Rowe was playing that deep portion of the field where Bobby usually patrols so well, but they didn't give up a single deep pass over his head. So he was really good in that area, plus the man coverage on Dalton Keene on a third down incompletion to preserve a lead in the fourth quarter was textbook coverage. So Stolfin's defense continued to just get it done week in and week out. They were very good in this game once again. As for the offensive side of the football, let's go ahead and turn this thing over to that side for the All-22 review here on the Tuesday Drive Time Podcast. And we start with a few mentions of a few plays like we did on the defensive side of the ball to start off. And the first thing I want to talk about is the double teams because they start off this game with the Solomon Kinley and Austin Jackson double team paving the way for a five-yard run as they wipe out the backside edge together with a solid three or four yards of movement, really kind of pushing that sled in tandem, as it were, up the field. And I thought Ahmed did such a good job to press those double teams in this game and influence the second-level player behind those blocks, trying to scrape around and make a tackle both he and Matt Breida did well I thought to press those gaps and press those plays and create some indecision for those second level defenders and linebackers and the running backs did a good job of making them I guess make a split decision and getting extra yards through arm tackles and putting their head down and getting extra yards that way and the double team theme kind of continued. They get themselves a 10-yard run right before the interception in the end zone with double teams from Austin and Solomon again, and then Davis and Karras both blocking out the sun. You get a little bit of a jet sweep action on that play, and it moves linebackers inside outside for a big gap on the interior of the offensive line, and they hit it for a nice 10-yard run. Then the quarterback sneak in that first half to Malcolm Perry where he motions across and then comes back inside. There's an open lane right there in that A-gap for them to exploit. He sees it, takes the snap, ducks in there, for a nice first down. Love those calls, love the plays, love the execution. 
Then we go to the second half, and that's where things really got fun for just constant execution. A five-yard run out of the gate. Ted Karras talked about this on Monday, getting a hat on a hat. There was five guys blocked up on this play, five on five, or I should say five one-on-ones. I love seeing that. love seeing the guys execute all their blocks and create space that way. And Flo talked about the great game plan here from Chan Gailey, and there was so much different run action with different pullers and fakes and jet sweep motion, and the game plan had a lot of different looks to match the many fronts of the Patriots, and they just kept the Patriots a step off guard throughout the course of this game all the way right up to the end with the rushing game and really put themselves in position to out leverage a lot of the defenders on a lot of those big runs the next play after a seven yard gain where you see multiple guys pulling and a fake sweep going across the formation and a fake reverse option off of that just continuously keeping defenders second guessing where the ball might be going and then off that a play right after that a little zone read to scheme up Tua for an easy five yard run so a good plan there from Chan I thought in the running game then they work in the passing concepts off that with the flats from the tight ends, the pop pass to Lynn Bowden, some stuff getting Tua out on the edge, throwing on the run, throwing on the move, a really fun sequence of plays and a good flow, I thought, all game from Chan. On the 31-yard rush, the longest run of the year for the Dolphins, Robert Hunt, who had a terrific game in this one, I thought, gets great push on both Chase Winovich, pops him immediately and kind of knocks him back, and then Devin McCourty comes over and tries to get involved, and he knocks him back as well and kind of takes out two defenders off the edge and pretty much wipes out the defensive edge as a whole. And because Jesse, Ted, Austin, and Solomon all stay on their blocks, Ahmed's able to outrace the pursuit there. Just a great, great team football play. And Ahmed's little jump cut to get the edge quickly should also be noted. He's got some fancy feet in that regard. Speaking of pressing holes and creating gaps that way, I thought Matt Breida ran inspired all game. I thought he was physical inside, showed a nice burst off the edge on the outside. Quick, active feet at the point of attack. His 14-yard run to the outside, he did this big time where he presses the gap inside, then gets a second gear to win the corner, win the edge in that foot race with the furthest outside defender there from the Patriots. And back to some of the first, or I guess second half action there for the Dolphins in the running game. That third and eight first down run from Patrick Laird where he picks up 12 yards, moves the chains, and keeps the Dolphins going for a touchdown drive. They would finish off with a touchdown run there from Tua. Brian Flores addressed this in his Monday media, and he talked about the Patriots showing seven or eight defensive back formations and different fronts. And in this case, it was seven defensive backs with just five guys in the box. The Dolphins, again, like Ted Karras mentioned in his Monday media, get a hat on a hat, get a nice double team from Rob and Jesse. Karras hits a great reach block, and Dieter plays pole side and hits a big second level block. Welcome back, Michael Dieter, by the way. I thought he stayed on blocks really well throughout the course of the game. Very intrigued by his tape in this one. And then on that run, Patrick Laird finishes it with a nice cut right at the back of Robert Hunt, who has his man turned inside out downfield for a nice 12-yard gain in a big Dolphins first down. And how about the hook and ladder? I'll put that in there as well, because what can you say? Duriel Harris, Tony Nathan going flashback there here on drive time. Back to Savon Ahmed. I thought that his touchdown run was just a great example of the kind of player he's been in his short time here so far. Just a great second effort where he keeps his feet active and continues to try to turn up field and find holes. They push the pile a couple times in this game. On this play, it's stacked up. He works off the outside of a block and gets himself across the goal line for an end for the touchdown. I thought both he and Brita, again, do such a good job of keeping their feet active at that initial contact. So it really works in tandem with how this offensive line can move bodies. They get extra yards by falling forward behind that big offensive line. 
How about Tua? Not many notes here. The Dolphins didn't have to throw the ball a whole lot in this game. There was a play early on where he rolls to the right with immediate pressure in the end zone, and the Patriots look like they might have a chance to get him at the goal line, or if worse, in the end zone for a, a, a safety, and he gets the ball out from an awkward platform going against his body in such an instant. It's so beneficial to have that quick trigger to mitigate that quick pressure at times. I love the way he throws to soft spots against leverage when he sees a linebacker, for instance, with his back turned to the football. JT O'Sullivan, who does the YouTube stuff, uh, the, the uh, what's that called? Patreon subscription stuff on YouTube, where he breaks down the quarterbacks, former NFL quarterback in his own right. He shows it against the Cardinals with the linebacker chasing Mike Gesicki across the formation. Something similar here on a little curl route, a pivot route from Durham Smythe, where he throws it off the outside of the leverage where only Smythe can get to it. Love those small details in his game. There's a third down and six where you see that quick trigger again where he just gets immediate pressure from a five-man blitz and he finds Lynn Bowden on a crosser. His feet are not set because he's sliding away from the pressure, but yet the ball is still on time, on target. His ability to operate amid chaos is so much fun to watch. Again, the Dolphins, I thought, executed a plan that they had so well that Tua didn't have to throw one football beyond 20 yards in this game, according to Pro Football Focus. And he executed in the short game. He beat the blitz, got the offense into good calls or stayed in those good calls on some of the running plays. Just a nice game where I thought he understood what was asked of him and executed it well. The scramble on the first touchdown run, man, that was pretty ridiculous. I tweeted out the Brian Baldinger uh, clip where he broke it down on the All-22. And you see him start to set the linebacker up well before he arrives. And once he's into his face, a little sidestep to the side for a touchdown run. So a good game from the rookie there again, off of back-to-back rookie of the week performances. And then there was the offensive line. These guys were fantastic throughout. Ted Karras, I continue to be so impressed by his ability to catch and climb at the second level and get those downfield blocks. He hits that chip and just gets squared up right away on those off-ball linebackers to influence, to make the running back's decision easier to make a cut off of his butt. You see a butt, you cut. He was so integral on a lot of the games the Patriots ran where they kind of rush away from the A-gaps and kind of try to make Ted irrelevant, just stand there in the middle of the football field. But he would go find work and put a hit on somebody that threw off their rush path. I thought he played awesome in this game. I thought Solomon Kinley played awesome in this one as well, displacing guys consistently, such drive and such force. We mentioned the double teams off the top here. He reaches a tackle on a pot pass where he has to get the outside shoulder and shows you the combination there of the power and athletic ability and the footwork there from Solomon Kinley. Hopefully he comes back here soon. He left the game in the fourth, third or fourth quarter with an injury. Staying on that offensive line, Robert Hunt, I thought he had such a good game in terms of recognition of the many games the Patriots throw at you with the TE stunts out there. He was quick to come off guys that backed out of simulated pressure and then went and found more work. Thought he had a great game in that regard. Really throughout the course of the game, he was the highest uh, graded run blocker on PFF for Miami. He allowed just one quarterback pressure, had several big wins on Chase Winovich, I thought, throughout the game, who's a good pass rusher over there for the Patriots. On the 31-yard Savon Ahmed run, he gets pushed on both Winovich and McCourty. Just great work off the edge to wipe that thing out to get initial block on Winovich and then a second block on McCourty. Maybe his best game as a pro. And then Jesse, I thought he did really good to turn and seal and create some nice gaps in the second half of the game. He was a big, dependable pass protector throughout the course of the game as well. One-on-one slides, passing things off. I just thought the entire offensive line played really well in this entire game. And so did the tight ends. Adam Shaheen, the run after the catch that he had was pretty absurd. He broke multiple tackles on that play. Both he and Durham Smythe, I thought, just kicked ass in the run-blocking game. 75 yards off eight carries off either edge, right end or left end, according to PFF. And there was plenty of dig-out blocks, pulls, different things to spring runners for big gains into the second level. 
Shaheen hits a huge block on a Matt Breida 24-yard rush that allows him to cut up and take off from there. And on that same play, Robert Hunt also got to the second level and sealed a big block there on a linebacker too. So just consistent, multiple guys winning reps, hat on a hat. But speaking of blocking, I mentioned you can't have a great rushing game without getting some production there from your tight ends. Pretty much true of the receivers as well. I thought they did an excellent job getting out on the edge. There were so many plays where Miami ran wide, and those guys held up their blocks and created cutback opportunities for the running backs as well. And then Lynn Bowden, I just want to go ahead and make a mention. The all-22 angle on his reverse was completely absurd. He cut it against the grain so many times. Man, he is an electric player. On the fake punt that wasn't, last note here, Brian Flores mentioned this in his Monday media, that if a player has an ineligible number, like a 51, for instance, from Kamu Gruje-Hill, he has to report. So even though he was in the backfield as kind of an H-back position there on the punt team, if you're not in the 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, or 80s, you have to report as eligible on that play. So that was Flores' explanation of the fake punt getting called back. So that's your All-22 review. Let's go ahead and spin this thing forward to the media availability from Tuesday afternoon. As Chan Gailey was up first, he was asked about Dolphins receiver Lynn Bowden and the evidence that he played tag as a youth. You know, I, I, I say that uh, you can watch kids uh, that come through today, which ones played tag growing up and which ones didn't play tag growing up. You know, if you played tag then you know how to make a guy miss. And uh, he played a lot of tag, I guess, because he can make a guy miss. And uh, he, he's he got a, a knack. Uh, I've had a couple of guys like that in my career that, that can make a guy miss and, and see the field and see the next guy. And uh, there's, there's a few of those out there. And, and he's got that little knack to be able to sidestep juke, whatever term you want to use, but he he's pretty good at uh, avoiding that head-on collision, that full-speed tackle. He, he sees things very well and can control his body. His development has been, has been uh, you know, I think not as quick as he wanted, uh, but he had a lot to learn. He had a lot of uh, to learn in our offense. He got here late, and, uh, and then he was – learning what to do and, and where to where to line up and, and how to run the routes and where we wanted him. And he's really, really, to me, come on really well in the last uh, three or four weeks. He started to find where he is in the, in the offense and, and make contributions. And when he makes contributions, then that gives us more confidence to continue to use him. And uh, it's a two-way street there. And how about another rookie on this Dolphins offense who rushed for 122 yards in the game on Sunday, Savon Ahmed. Here's Coach Gailey on what makes Ahmed so shifty and slippery and a good running back that can produce big games for you like he did on Sunday. You know, he's, uh, he's another one. Uh, everybody looks at speed, you know. Oh, he's got great speed. But he's got some awareness about about blocks, I think, uh, Eric does it. Stoosfield does a great job of explaining principles of running, you know, who you're looking at, where you think the crease will be, when do you know, when do you take the crease or when do you look for the next crease? I think Eric does a super job with teaching running backs about the theory of defense and defenders and how they see things. And, and these guys are starting to learn those little things that are going to make the difference in being a, um, 
an average back or, or, or a good back and maybe eventually a great back before it's over with. Let's go ahead and finish up with Chan here, who was asked about the production from the tight ends and receivers blocking both off the edge and downfield in the running game. Here's Gailey. Well, you seldom have a long run without those guys blocking. Uh, unless, you know, somebody falls down, it, you, you seldom have one of those. Um, that's something that we've been working on and trying to get uh, better at uh, each week is uh, how we can control those guys uh, in the secondary. How can we affect them uh, and get them blocked? And uh, they, they're getting better every week. It wasn't just yesterday. Uh, I thought they'd been getting better each week uh, doing that. And so we got we to gotta continue that. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball and something that Jerome Baker said on his Monday media availability, talking about staying more disciplined within the structure of the scheme and not seeking out the splash plays all the time. Coach Josh Boyer was asked about that. Dolphins defensive coordinator was asked about that. Here's his response about how it takes all 11 guys doing their job to create those big plays on defense. Well, yeah, I mean, there's so I mean, there's 11 guys out there on the field and they all have to be working uh, as a unit, um, you know, if we have one guy that breaks down, you know, on every play, you know, then a lot of times, you know, th- those are going to be, you know, big plays against us. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt you every time, but the majority of the time it, it really does. And I think, you know, a lot of guys, you know, we've talked about this before, uh, you know, the splash plays, the splash splash stats, you know, sacks, interceptions, um, you know, tackle for loss, you know, sometimes if you go try to make those plays and it's not within the structure of, you know, what we're trying to do defensively, what happens is, is you open up uh, creases and lanes um, for either quarterbacks to throw and step up in or for running backs to find it and take off. So, Again, it, it's really a team thing, and um, you know, and you know, and a lot of times you see guys make plays. You know, there's usually somebody else involved in it. You know, we've had a number of interceptions this year where there's there's been good pressure. We've had a number of sacks this year where there's been good coverage, um, and then we've had some really good individual plays too. I'm not saying that, but I, I think it all kind of goes hand in hand, and I think that's. Uh, you know, and again, we, we've got a good group of guys that uh, they care about each other. They play for each other. And, you know, and they're all genuinely happy when when somebody else has success. And, you know, eventually their time will come. And, and because they have success, somebody else probably set that up, too. So I, I think that's probably a little bit what he was talking about. Coach also talked about the value and the Pro Bowl nod for cornerback Xavier Howard, what he's meant to this defense. Here's coach on Xavier Howard. Well, I mean, first of all, he's gifted athletically. Uh, I mean, he he has a really good skill set. He's strong. Um, You know, he's able to diagnose plays. Uh, He's got a good feel. Um, He doesn't really panic when the ball's in the air. Um, You know, and I would say the thing that that pleases me most about uh, Xavier is, you know, he's really a selfless player, and he's, he's done really well in the run game. And he's really made some big plays for us. And, you know, he's just a guy that you can count on consistent, consistently week in and week out. So, um, you know, and, you know, he just he has a he has a nose for the football and, 
Um, he, he's done a really good job for us, and, and he continues to work hard. He, you know, he comes in and puts in a good week's work every every week, and he's striving to get better. So, you know, all good things to say about him, and you know, hopefully, you know, he'll come in here this week and work harder to get better. Let's go ahead and stay on that topic here and finish up with coaches' media availability with Dolphins defensive backs coach Gerald Alexander, who also talked about Xavier and Howard Miami Dolphins 2021 Pro Bowl cornerback. Well, I was happy for X. I know that he had a significant injury last year and something that he really battled through to get himself back healthy and get him back to playing at a high level. I mean, anytime anybody goes through that kind of adversary, and I know in my playing career, not that I was any type of player that X is, but um, just the mental uh, things that you go through when you go through injury and the rehabilitation and getting your body to function the way you want it to and, and the frustrating days that come with that process uh, for him to be able to go through that and, and reap the benefit of his hard work and the way that he's played this season. Uh, I mean, you can't be happier for a guy like that who's battled through that kind of adversity. Let's go ahead and keep this thing rolling with some players here and hear from Dolphins tight end Durham Smythe, who talked about Adam Shaheen's nomination for the Angry Run segment on Good Morning Football for his run after the catch on Sunday. Here's Durham talking about how Angry Runs have been a goal for this team in that tight end room all year long. You know, talking about the angry runs thing, that's something that we've talked about all season, trying to get on that. Uh, you know, George Godsey um, has, has talked to us about that segment, um, you know, since training camp. So finally we got somebody on it, uh, which is exciting. Um, but, yeah, you know, we, you know, we're out there trying to do that every week. And uh, obviously we had a few opportunities this week and, and tried to make the most of them. And we finish up here with Dolphins cornerback and pro bowler Xavier Howard, who was asked about his ability to find the football, to attack the football, but not just when the ball is in the air and intercepting the passes, but playing that way the entirety of the football game. I feel like um, the ease of us is just saying finish, you know, finishing strong and, um, you know, not just giving up plays or even if you give up plays, um, you finish or just attack the ball, you know, try to make something happen for the team. All right, so there you have it. Plenty of player press conference availability here on this Tuesday edition of the Drive Time Podcast. We had Bobby McCain, Durham Smythe, and Xavier Howard. Also had all the defensive assistants and coordinators available. So go check out MiamiDolphins.com to get your access to all those videos. We'll be back tomorrow to preview the Dolphins and Raiders on Saturday. We're going to have a Kyle Van Noy feature coming your way on Thursday. The Flashback Podcast already published, talking to Jay Fiedler about the 01 Raiders game. Very powerful stuff there in that podcast from Jay. As for today's time, that is going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. You might see a fancy new blue check mark up to my name, next to my name up there. That was a new discovery late on Monday night. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.